0: The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the Green Peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the The Green Green Peak Peak. with your host, Richard
1: Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky. And joining us today on the Green Peak, we have Lorena Beltran from uh, Mexico, who is the founder and uh, director of Cannabis Salud, which is uh, one of the large conferences and events uh, in the industry based out of Mexico, as well as, of course, active in the industry with as the director of operations of Cannabis, And prior to that was involved in the US and the Denver area. Welcome aboard, Lorena.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so happy to be here today.
1: Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And you know, it's been a really interesting uh, journey watching what's been going on in Mexico over the last couple of years. Um, you know, unlike some other countries, or actually like some other countries, um, it was the judiciary which stepped in and uh, cleared the path towards legalization. H- how uh, how have you found it over the last couple of months? Because I know we had Zara Snap on a few months ago, and it was right at the time, I think, where... Uh, the clock was ticking over and uh, so much of the legalization was supposed to, and decriminalization was supposed to fall into place, but it's never smooth. How are you finding it?
2: Yeah, it's never smooth and it takes uh, years, right, to see yes. results. Um over legalizing a plant that has been considered a drug for so many years, right? Over a hundred years. Uh, but let's go a little bit more uh, back in time eh, because in 2017, Mexico published the first uh, law for medical cannabis use. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a the regulation of that law was published a year after. And that regulation was active for only five months because we have a, we had a new president coming in yep. and the new government, the new party just erased everything that the last president did. Pretty much uh, all the new things that he had published, they erased him, uh, including the regulation for medical cannabis. So they decided to create a new regulation of that law And it was barely published this January, 2021. Uh So um, this regulation for medical cannabis, what does that allow us to do? Uh, We can do cultivation for research purposes, as well as cultivation to develop medical products. And Uh it's important to say that the medical cannabis products in Mexico are not the same as the United States or Canada, because... Uh, we don't have a difference on a medical product just because it has cannabis. We are treating those products as any other pharmaceutical or herbal medicine. We have that second category of herbal medicine in Mexico, but that, including pharmaceutical, we have to do clinical trials on those products in order to have them on the market. Um, so that's why even though we have a regulation on medical cannabis, we don't have products on sale yet because they are being um, research, they're doing research on them, right? And it takes a few years. Uh, which is pretty sad for the patients because right now they don't have safe access, quick access to products that they need right now because we need to wait for the pharmaceutical labs to have everything ready. Um, We have no anything clear on products with less than 1% THC because that's what's established in the law. Products with less than 1% THC are considered hemp products, but the health ministry doesn't want those products to be all over and be over the counter without any research behind them, even though they can be supplements or cosmetics or food and beverages or herbal medicine. That's not very clear yet. They're not giving permits for that. However, we can um, take another route, which is the litigation process and taking them to court because the loss is something and the regulation is more strict than the, the than the law, which cannot be, you know. So that's why we see companies already selling um, <clears throat> supplements and cosmetics, but because they took the 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 route with lawyers, you know, to take COFEPRIS, which is the F, F, Mexican FDA, to court, and they're yep. winning the permits, right? So we have that clear. We can also do import export. With I was this. going to say
1: because there's also companies that are exporting to Mexico already and companies, I know, you know, I've, I've had conversations with companies in Mexico that were looking to import product to mm-hmm. distribute immediately. So it wouldn't have been locally produced, but still would have been uh, yeah, distributed definitely. quicker.
2: And those suppliers that comply with our regulation can start importing um, as long as these products or, or raw materials like distillates and isolates that are GMP certified and that comply with the pharmaceutical uh, regulations that's the only way the other way it's the illegal way buying permits you know giving money to the authorities corruption you know right. and that's happening a lot um so on the other side what you, what you were mentioning before yes a few probably like a month and a half ago i think it was in june when the supreme court declared Um, unconstitutional that we're not allowed to have our own plants at home and have our own in in our possession a certain amount of cannabis and and consume for adult use. So by declaring this, they had to erase some articles from the constitution. So now we have the right to possess, consume, and have our own plants at home. But the Supreme Court only changes laws and, and and establishes laws and erases, you know, articles, but they don't regulate. So right, right now it's pretty open. Like I go get a permit at Cofebris, you know, uh-huh. the same institution. Got yep. a permit, it's just, you know, letting me know that I'm gonna be growing plants at home, but there's no plant limit right now. So that's why there's a lot of pressure on the Congress so they can finally finish regulating the recreational market. Right. So it's their job to say how many plants per person, per household, how many grams can I possess on the streets, uh, on public places? And um, this is going to happen because the proposed bill to legalize the recreational market has been in discussion for the last probably two years and a half. Three years? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So at the beginning of this year, in March, the Congress, the, the Senate and the Chamber of Deputies both approved the proposed bill to regulate the rec market and industrial hemp. However, because we had big elections this year, uh-huh. they just put a hold on that. They didn't want to, you know, just have a new law for recreational cannabis in the middle of elections and you know how controversial that can be, especially in a very conservative country. Of course. Um, so they, they just put it on hold, but they're going to retake the conversation on that proposed bill between September and November of this year. So we're very motivated and positive that they're going to um, uh, continue this conversation and hopefully finally approve the recreational law to just have all uses of cannabis legalized at a federal level in Mexico.
1: Well, isn't some of the discussion also just around the legalization of all narcotics to help eliminate a lot of the problems?
2: Yeah, correct. Um, Our current president has talked about legalizing cannabis and amapola, which is puppy, Mm -hmm. um, because are the the largest uh, cultivations uh, in Mexico. We grow a lot of that, uh, plants. So, yeah, they're planning on legalizing the plants um, because we have a huge problem in Mexico right now. A lot of people stopped growing marijuana when the U.S. Le- started legalizing. Um, we are uh-huh. not sending the amount of cannabis we used to export to the U.S. illegally, of course. Um, and also the puppy, you know, Amapola, uh, uh-huh. that dropped too. The prices of that plant dropped too. So what they're doing is that they are developing... Um, Illegal labs to make fentanyl. Right, which is really bad. It's horrible so Our stuff. president already spoke about that. What are we going to do with that? You know, um, because the people that were used to grow cannabis or amapola are now in these labs. So he's pretty much saying, you know, it's time to legalize all these plants.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and you know, it's it's a very strong way to bring um, the black market into the light. And to actually make sure that, one, you can deal with, you know, fentanyl is always going to be a problem. And that's a whole other issue. But for everything else, what you're able to do is ensure there's clean quality product available on the market to the people who need it. But it also allows for the governments to keep a check on the rest so that it isn't going in the wrong places. And, you know, for Mexico, the export of uh, isolate to the U.S. is a big opportunity.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a huge opportunity, especially now after what we have been living, you know, after COVID pandemic,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: the economic and health crisis, it's screaming for for opportunities, you know, for projects that can help not only Mexico, but many countries around the world.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. We do have to take a short break, but we'll be back in a moment with Lorena Beltran from uh, Cannabis Salute. And uh, I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak.
0: The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors.
2: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Sugis infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
0: Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success, Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're
1: back on the Green Peak with Lorena Beltran from uh, Cannabis Salute in Mexico and Lorena you know just before the uh, break as we were chatting, you mentioned that the legislative process uh, that's going through in uh, Mexico is expected to restart in September and finish at the end of October and you've got the Cannabis Salute conference coming up in November. That's great timing but uh, there'll be some really interesting discussions. Tell me about the conference.
2: Yes, definitely. is going to be a very interesting discussion because as you were mentioning, the, the next period of like voting sessions is between September and November and Cannabis Salud Business and Investment Summit is from November 18th to the 20th. And um, yeah, we strategically chose that date because we highly believe that we're going to have answers or results after the voting sessions. Mm-hmm. And um, this year, we are aiming this event to investors, CEOs, business owners, uh, medical and pharmaceutical lab directors, media directors, and legislators, uh, of course, industry leaders. Um, we have around 25 international speakers and ten, 10 sponsors, national and international as well. Fantastic. And um, I'm sorry? Fantastic. Yeah, so usually Cannabis Salud, well, since 2017, when I founded this this Congress, this conference, Um, we have been focusing on medical cannabis only because that was the only law and regulation in place in Mexico. But now that we're speaking about all uses of cannabis to be legalized at a federal level, we see a lot of interest from international players wanting to come to Mexico and explore to start businesses, to expand businesses. So we decided, to do a business investment summit this year for those reasons and we are just receiving amazing feedback and answers from people wanting to come and this year we're doing cannabis salud in cancun mexico um mm-hmm. just because it's that's really
1: that's really yeah. rough it must be hard to get people to go there
2: <laughs> you know what? It's being so easy because there are direct flights from all over the world, and people are just ready to travel and take a little vacation too. So, um, we have a view- beautiful uh, venue, which is an all inclusive resort. Uh, in Playa Mujeres Cancún. So we're super excited about this one. It's going to be a small event uh, for 200 attendees only. And we wanted to do it this way uh, for various reasons because of pandemic and all the measurements we need to take around uh, COVID, but also because we wanted to make it very exclusive and make sure we have a successful business networking. Uh Mexico is ready Mexico is ready to present a lot of the projects that have been um, developing, you know, first phases, you know, startups, but are ready to receive investment. And there are so many uh, companies and funds out there um, ready to help projects here in Mexico. So we are really trying to push for that. We have a, a two day uh, event, two days of conferences and networking cocktails and the third day of a kind of business pitch it's kind of like Shark style, where yeah. we're going to present six Mexican projects and try to help them find funds for their projects. So, that's that's um,
1: excellent. And are you running a bit of a boot camp for them on the way in so that they're not just prepared for what they expect, but for what they don't expect?
2: Definitely. Definitely. And we are releasing all the information, uh, all the details about the event, ticket sales this Monday. Um, so since we only have 200 tickets for attendees, we are looking for that profile that I just mentioned. Uh, so we can start connecting and start, um, creating those commercial alliances.
1: Absolutely. And you know, the, the international investment market that is, has an appetite for the cannabis businesses. I know I deal with a number of firms that are individuals who are looking and, you know, asking questions constantly and, you know the appetite is there the uh, the gold rush that happened you know a few years ago may have passed in terms of everybody having the unrealistic expectations of you know every dollar t- turns into a million in six months but the uh, the reality is there's a lot of upside to be had especially in the emerging markets as they you know and, and mexico is because the legalization is happening the opportunity is starting off and it's, you know, a brand new uh, region op- and uh, not just country, but type of opportunity that exists. But the opportunities aren't just all great. And, uh, but an event like this brings together um, a lot of people who are in the industry who can help filter out as well as the people who are interested in participating who need that guidance. So I'm sure they're going to be turning to you as well for, you know, not just the pitches that are coming through the companies that you'll have pitching on the third day but as well as for the the input and the reflection you know you're filtering out who's appearing and that quality reflects back on you and you've got to be doing an amazing amount of work preparing those companies at this point
2: yeah actually for the last couple years we have had so much work around that you know doing consulting and Uh And helping people understand and guiding them and connecting to the right people because as I mentioned, there's a lot of corruption in Mexico. And it's very sad that we are also building a very negative reputation around the way we are doing things not not myself, you know, but many groups that are just lying to people that are charging crazy amounts of money for consulting, Uh uh, offering fake licenses, you know, all these things that have happened in in all the countries that first legalized, but Mexico, oh my God, it's another game. It's so difficult to navigate in Mexico. That's why it's very important that uh, external um, investors or foreign companies connect with, you know, honest Mexican people that are uh, doing lobbying, that are doing consulting, that are helping with Mm -hmm. uh, regulation and all that. So, yeah, definitely. This event has helped me, you know, gain credibility and and show my professionalism on on how I like to work with people. Like, I don't touch a penny, you know, if I'm not sure that you're gonna receive what you're looking for. So um, that's one of the main messages, you know, for in our in our event, you know, to let them know to be careful. And also, um, what we're trying to do is to get a message across of uh, the social, environmental, and economic impact that this industry is bringing to uh, our countries, to our society. And not only the the fact that you can make a lot of money if you do things right, because it's not that easy, Mm -hmm. as well as people believe, you know, that you're just going to become rich all of a sudden in the cannabis industry. That's not true. Um, But yeah, definitely help them and guide them to also understand that this industry can perfectly be aligned with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals of 2030. This is Uh something that everybody needs to be talking about and putting into action because we are on red alert pretty much it's a need that we need to start accomplishing these goals uh, this is for the good of humanity in general and now the united nations is pointing at the cannabis industry as a possible example of an industry that can accomplish all these goals through the operations around you know uh, this cannabis industry so absolutely
1: we We have
2: people from Regenavis, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. They're going to be speakers on a panel. They're going to be talking about the importance of aligning with these goals. Uh, Regenavis is a consulting firm that helps uh, cannabis companies, you know, to do so. Um, And we also are going to be promoting an event that's happening in New York in the United Nations office in December to talk about cannabis. So um, we're taking amazing steps forward, you know, in terms of um, helping people be more conscious about how they uh, develop or take their their companies, you know, to play internationally.
1: No, and that's that's incredibly important. And you know, we're going to have to go to break again, and I want to come back to this topic though. But just before we do, you know, you mentioned uh, regulation and corruption and all sorts of things, and you know, for. for our listeners' perspective, and uh, you know, I've I've dealt with regulators in over a dozen countries in the last oh I don't know twenty four months or well more than that over the last five years since I've got involved in the industry, and reg- every country looks to be difficult, but it's always you know our own country seems simple because we know what it is. Everybody else's is just different. It's not really a problematic. It's just different, and we have to learn how it works. As far as corruption goes, you know that also exists in pretty much everywhere in the world. It's just we have a perception in North America of bad corruption elsewhere. But, you know, it really there are problems everywhere. And uh, we're we just ignore the ones we have locally because we rate it off differently than in other places. Not to say it doesn't exist. Just we can't pretend that it doesn't exist here as well. Um, we do have to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment with Lorena Beltran from Cannabis Salute.
0: The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Trends in technology, processes, and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green
1: Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with Lorena Beltran and I'm Richard Zwicky and Lorena just before the break uh, we were talking a bit about the sustainable goals of 2030 and how of course that's tying into the Cannabis Salute Conference and some of the vision you have for going forward but our listeners may not all be as familiar with how the cannabis industry relates to those goals. Why don't you walk us through that?
2: Yeah of course Um, and this is one of my favorite subjects I'm just becoming so passionate about this. Uh, I can hear the passion in your voice. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, there are 17 sustainable development goals established by the United Nations. And this was established um, almost, what, 20, well, 30 years ago. I was going to say almost years, 30 years now. Yeah, 30 30 years ago when they started talking about climate change, uh, global warming, And that it was a reality, you know, and that we Uh really needed to take care of it. And now we are nine years away of 2030, which is nothing. It's around Uh the corner. And um, if we get to 2030 and we haven't accomplished at least half of these goals, we are in danger as a species. So um, uh, the 17 sustainable goals are about, you know, no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being. Oh, well, you know, COVID and, 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 and this <laughs> all do not match right now, but um, quality education, gender equality, clean water and s- sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and ne- economic growth for everybody, industry innovation and infrastructure, reduce inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, clean uh, climate action, Life Below Water, Life on Land, Peace, Justice, and Strong Institutions, and the last one, Partnership for the Goals. So important. And every single one that I mentioned, we can definitely implement through the cannabis industry. Why? First of all, because the cannabis industry is not only about end products that you can consume for health benefits or recreational benefits. We also have industrial hemp, which is one of the most important areas in this industry. That's what I believe personally, because uh, industrial hemp, uh, you can transform, you know, the the stock into fibers, uh, into herd, into so many things then to create um, plastic paper, construction materials, uh, biodiesel, and many other products that need to be replaced right now for all those products that are damaging our health and the environment not only that this plant can absorb so much co2 from the soil from the air from the water you Mm -hmm. know and clean the environment so So many many heavy
1: metals and everything else gets sucked up by the plant cleaning it's amazing
2: Totally. So and then, you know, the employment that you can generate around this industry, the gender equality, giving the opportunity to men, women, everybody to join this industry. And we see that that's happening in this industry more than any other industries, because, for example, me as a woman, um, I've. I've had so many opportunities in this industry because it's so new that it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. you know, it's who has the knowledge, who has the experience. And it's not about the sex or the gender, you know, which is great. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, and quality education, for example, if we really take care of the resources, the, the taxes that can this, this industry can generate and, 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 Um, take those taxes into, you know, educational programs, health programs, which is happening already, like in the United States and Canada. We need to see that in Latin American countries as well, Uh you know? So those are uh, the sustainable development goals. And definitely uh, the people that know about the cannabis industry understands that we can definitely align with them.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, people who are not in uh, LATAM or Central America, don't aren't familiar with the fact that or with the high price of pharmaceuticals and basic pharmaceuticals for the people and cannabis offers a chance for countries to produce a, you know, a medication of their own to treat conditions that otherwise they'd be paying through the nose for it's atrocious. What I saw down in Peru and Colombia and elsewhere Um, and You know, what happened with now some products being available, they're cannabis based. It's been, you know, just a game changer for some of the people, you know, and I'm sure in Mexico, you know, it's the same, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of the foreign pharmaceuticals are just incredibly overpriced.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, not like the United States or Canada or other countries, um, but definitely Mexico and Brazil are Mm -hmm. one of the main countries that are producing uh, pharmaceuticals around the world. And um, our regulations around pharmaceuticals and and medical products are very strict just as the European Union. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of um, products or or raw materials that are coming from the U.S. or Canada cannot come in because they don't comply with our very strict regulations, you know, because you guys have no um, federal regulations. So the FDA is not really involved. So it's hard to find products that can comply with our COFEPRISE regulations.
1: Yes. No, for that perspective, there's absolutely a huge difference. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, each of the countries has a different framework in terms of the testing for stability and the rationale. And Brazil is one of the toughest, actually, anywhere since you brought them up. Unfortunately, Lorena, we are out of time for today, but for people who want to learn more and people who are interested in the, uh, you know, the Cannabis Salute Conference, even if they they can't make it there. How can they follow the information about it? What site should they go to and learn more and hopefully keep up with the events and the information that's coming on about uh, Mexico over the next few months?
2: Yes, thank you for asking. So, our social media for Cannabis Salud is Cannabis Salud MX. Uh, our website is just cannabisalud.com. Cannabis, as you spell it, um, double N, but then just one S, Cannabis Salud. Uh that A
1: L U D on the end.
2: Yes. C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-A-L-U-D.
1: <laughs> there you
2: go. All right. <laughs> And um, also on my social media, uh, my personal social media, which is public. I love to connect with people, answer questions, and just get to know everybody. Uh, it's just Lorena Beltran. That's how you find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, um, and LinkedIn, of course.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Green Peak, Lorena, and thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Richard Zwick. We will be back with you again soon. Thanks, Lorena.